Hello? Okay, I think I think we're ready. <laughs> Hi. My name is Daria Suponbrdena and welcome to Intimacies by Daria. We're going to be talking about longing and empty spaces inside ourselves or at least inside me and how to sit with emptiness and how to navigate it and all the things we chase to try to, well, fill ourselves up. Yeah, and to start things off, I guess I'm going to explain why I am starting this right now and where I am and (laughs) where I am is I'm rather heartbroken right now. (laughs) I... I have been for a really long time and I don't really know when I won't be. <laughs> I guess to give a very general, hopefully vague and unexposing description of where I'm at emotionally is that I've been trying to let go of a relationship for a really long time and have been really struggling to do that. And it is my first time being heartbroken like this, on this scale, with someone that I have loved and I guess still very much love and will likely love for the rest of my life and maybe the next life after that too. You know, I've been very torn up over men many times in my life. In high school, I went on a medical leave my senior year because, well, I was torn up over a man and, you know, that's giving him and them a lot of credit because oftentimes it's so it's about so many other things beyond a particular man it's also all the things that I projected on him and all all of the loneliness and insecurities and fears and doubts that I was grappling with on my own and my ability to build a man up into I guess not a man and not a human being and instead into a grand narrative and a magic fix-it-all solution and somebody to just fill you up and solve all of your issues and I guess heal all your (laughs) feelings of emptiness but unfortunately that is not what men are and in some ways it's really unfair of me to project all of that on them so yeah I guess I'm trying to figure out my relationship to men these days too and I hope to do that on this podcast but back to where we were where we were yeah so I'm trying to move forward and it's been really hard and it's been a kind of journey where I have multiple times thought I've come to an end of things and I'm ready to let go and move forward and then I hit another low or another conclusion that I didn't think was possible and each time it surprises me so much because I feel like breakups growing up we you know we see represented a lot in the media and in movies it's always this thing that is so awfully painful but is also restricted to a certain immediate time period and is almost I guess 
protected in this vacuum of time and space of, you know, you break up with someone and right after you feel so terrible, but then, you know, three months pass and ta-da, you're, you're all healed now and you're ready. You're ready for the next one. You're, you know, you've been exercised of the demon of love, but that has not been my experience of things at all. My attempts at moving forward is one of the reasons why I'm making this and why I feel the need to sit here and talk into this fine, sexy microphone because there are things I'm thinking about all the time and that, you know, probably maybe are better served in therapy or to my friends, but I also think first of all, there's a certain catharsis to speaking things out into the void, and I think also at least my favorite kind of content on the internet these days is the stuff that is very personal and the stuff that is pretty open-ended and comes with more questions maybe and ambiguities than answers, and I... I don't know, now having, like, put out so much of myself onto the internet since I was 14 years old, and I don't know, I think at the end of the day what I crave most is intimacy, and that's why I overshare so much on the internet and why I talk about things that maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're setting me up in a, in a very unfortunate position in terms of my future and opportunities because talking about DPT and BPD and my love life and all these somewhat provocative or controversial or overly exposing things. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not. <laughs> and I, I very much recognize that. Some days I hate it all and that's one of the reasons why I go through sporadic urges to deactivate my accounts and disappear and pretend that I've fled this existence and this universe to somewhere really far away or I guess pretend that I'm in the 19th century and a young woman who was sent away to an all-woman's governess boarding house where we learn skills to turn us into real ladies and then once we're back after all that time has passed we dazzle people with our newfound elegance and grace and poise and skills like french and crochet and um croquet is that that ball and hammer stick game yes Perhaps it is. But very unfortunately for myself, that is not how life seems to work. And wherever you escape to, all of your problems and heartaches and internal wars seem to follow you there. And so I have to learn to sit with the things that I have been sitting with for so long and to continue to tolerate distress and to learn to tolerate it in 
healthier ways and make better decisions for myself rather than keep pushing the same button over and over again to, I guess, inflict awful pain on me over and over again. So I actually had therapy a few minutes ago and wanted to come back here and reflect on it. It was with a woman that I don't, I don't know at all. We have not been intimate before. It was our first time because I recently started seeing this one woman, but she's currently on a very well-deserved vacation. I hope taking wonderful care of herself. But I had to reach out because I felt like I was going through an emotional apocalypse. I really liked meeting with this with this woman over Zoom therapy just now because she she's quite different from the people that I've seen before and I guess said things in a different kind of way. And I don't know, sometimes I feel silly telling people like what my therapists tell me because oftentimes they're such uh, obvious things and like the kinds of things that feel like simple common sense and like a very easy conclusion to come away with but sometimes it's hard to see obvious things for ourselves and you know the godlike voiceover power of a therapist somehow makes everything sound so much more <laughs> full of wisdom and something that she told me was that my head just wants one thing and my heart wants something so different and I know that is also likely sounds like such a cliche in terms of talking about a breakup but I don't know I mean I guess we identify with cliches because they are so universal and sometimes <laughs> there are a few words that describe like what with your feeling and when she said that it honestly was almost endearing to hear because I thought yeah <laughs> that's exactly what's happening I just I know these things these rational things in my head these logical things and I know that that's reality and that that's what I should follow and that you know like that's the right decision but then my heart is so entangled with this one person that I feel like has represented everything for me in the past few years and these past few years being probably the most important life-changing internally transformative meaningful deep transcendent whole years of my life and that's not to say that all the rest of my years were, uh, what's that? Oh, were chopped liver or whatnot. But they just felt so special. And I feel like when I embarked on the journey that I had with this person, it felt like I had finally gotten what I'd been waiting for my entire life. And so now it's a grapple with, like, losing that forever is really just so sad. Just so genuinely, painfully 
sad. And I know it's meant to be sad. That's the point of it. But oh my god, <laughs> I just wish it wasn't sometimes. Because, <laughs> ow, it hurts. And yeah, so I guess my heart is just freaking strung out addict and now I have to wean myself off of off of everything again and it's been hard I even downloaded this app called I am sober that I guess is specifically designed for people struggling with addiction and of course the first thing that comes to mind is people suffering with addictions to alcohol and drugs but it's quite a fun app. There's when you open it, you can choose from a lot of categories, unlike what, what they, like, like kind of a pick your poison kind of situation. And so they have alcohol and drugs and sex and self harm and shopping and gambling and all this different kind of stuff. And you can also create a little custom label too. And yeah, I mean, the way in which it's helpful is that it pretty much tracks the days and hours and minutes that you go without engaging in whatever behavior you've identified, and it keeps a little ticking time accumulation for you that, you know, each day when you look at it, in some ways it helps you to keep moving forward because you see the the time you've accumulated and the progress you've made and it feels like you're really going to sacrifice something if you decide to impulsively engage in whatever behavior you're craving and you can also put down all these different reasons for why why you don't want to be engaging in it why you know not to and you make these little daily pledges and it greets you with a, a wonderful motivational quote <laughs> to conserve your sobriety and so I'm trying to be a sober woman who I guess my vice is love yeah and it sucks it sucks so bad to have to be sober from that because I don't want to yeah and like something that I was explaining to this wonderful woman was that it just feels like such a physical need at this point like <laughs> it's not even that I keep coming back to this love because of you know like oh I'm scared I'm not gonna find someone else or I'm scared of um or like I miss our conversations or like these like more grounded reasons it's it's the fact that when I am sleeping at night it feels like a part of my own body is missing and when I really sit with that feeling like some days I I really struggle to move and to get out of bed and to focus on any other task because it's such a physical visceral pain in my body like kind of centered around my chest area but also like all around and so actually I wrote this piece on my substack where it's in third person, but <laughs> as many people probably suspect, a lot of my writing is 
sometimes I guess simultaneously fictional and also non-fictional and like it's based on a lot of feelings that I myself grapple with and I talk about this she character who comes home at the end of every day and just screams into her sheets and I mean of course and on one hand it's fictional because I, I don't come home and scream into my sheets every night but also there are some nights that I do scream into my sheets and so intensely so oh my god with like everything inside me that by the end of it I genuinely feel like I'm going to pass out (laughs) and as though I just I'm like on this strange euphoric high where I'm out of it because I was just so like I let out so much intense rage and like despair all at the same time so I think this space can be a, a good tool for me to invest some of that energy seeping out of me when I'm screaming into something a little bit more contained and productive and I also think that I don't know the only thing that's been helpful for me actually when going through this is to talk to other people's experiences really honestly um and vulnerably and like wholly and when people don't hold back and when they like talk about all all of the pain that they had to sit through or like the doubts that they still have or the fact that they still think about this one person and I guess also like reading literature or watching films that cover the subject in such a oh my gosh in such a beautiful and raw and like whole body experienced way and so actually something that I discovered yesterday that I adore and I'm a bit frightened to finish I only have a few episodes left is a TV series on Netflix called The Time It Takes and the show I believe is set in Spain and is in Spanish and so the original title is is not The Time It Takes or maybe it's The Time It Takes in Spanish and it's I really love the form because it's a series but there are only 10 episodes and each episode is only around 13 or 12 minutes and what happens is that the first episode is called one minute in the present and 10 minutes in the past and as you go through it it then changes to two minutes in the present and nine minutes in the past and you know it increases the time in the present and cuts back on the time in the past and I just think it's such a beautiful form for the show because the show pretty much just lays out this relationship in front of your eyes that slowly unravels and they start right at the beginning of like this young couple meeting and their connection just being so spontaneous and sweet and genuine and then the acting in it is so wonderful um the two actors have such 
incredible chemistry and it really just feels like you're watching a real life relationship and it's just such a heartbreaking form the like seven minutes in the present and four minutes in the past because slowly watching their time together in the past diminish feels like one of my worst fears about moving forward coming to life right in front of me like the fear of forgetting a lot of things and the reality of not having gotten as much time as I'd hoped to like I don't know (laughs) love this person and like be with them and make it work and just have it dwindle down and like not even realize that you you are losing your grip on it until you have and then trying to remember like specific moments and specific feelings like um I don't know like spending time each with each other in such quiet intimate moments and like touching each other all this stuff losing your grasp on it in your own mind in terms of memory is so awful it's just oh my gosh it's just bad and yet somehow watching it on screen feels really cathartic too because it it just translates so directly and so i would really recommend it it's called the time it takes on netflix um i'm almost done i'm a little worried it's always sad to finish shows which (laughs) if you can't tell i seem to have a hard time letting go and saying goodbye to many things i know that's what life is really all about and i think that's the biggest karmic lesson that we are all meant to learn how to let go on a small scale and on a large scale and so i understand the gravity of the lesson that i'm currently being taught but it is just so hard because well mostly because i love the person that i'm trying to let go of terribly so and will likely always so you know that's that's definitely one problem area and then also because the idea of leaving something in the past is just so conclusive and it changes everything you know like the way look you look back on things it's often with so much perspective and you know this almost sense of grounded sobriety and wisdom and those are all wonderful things and i think exactly what we are meant to be taking with us as we move forward but it's also so sad in some ways to look back at a relationship and think oh well no i was not actually in love with this person because now that i have actually experienced a love that fits better I'm able to say that that doesn't really compare and I'm going to now disqualify it from the game of love. And I just think, oh my god, that is just so sad that we try to make our feelings smaller from the past. Another reason why I'm making this is because I feel like my social media presence at times 
invites a lot of assumptions or questions about me that in some ways I, I think are entertaining, but then sometimes also do climb inside my head and make me wonder whether I am indeed unhinged and overly provocative or manic and strange and all these things and you know I guess it's brought me a lot of peace of mind to just accept that maybe those are things that I am sometimes and that also there's not as much badness attached to them as I or others might initially assume there is but maybe it also gives me more peace of mind to provide myself with a platform to fill myself up more in other people's eyes and to, you know, exist beyond the snippets of me that I put out on Instagram and on Substack and wherever else and instead, I guess, just talk and hopefully come across as a somewhat ordinary, somewhat um, human woman person because I yeah, I don't know. I get worried that what if everybody just thinks I'm crazy and what if everybody just thinks I'm bad? Something I'm also really navigating and clearly struggling with and failing and have been failing <laughs> for the last probably like four or five years is learning how to write and write in the way that I want to write honestly and um, boldly and maybe sometimes even in rather disturbing or provocative way how to do all those things while also taking care of the people around me and doing justice to the people that I that come up in my writing and the stories that I share with others that aren't exactly just my own and I'm struggling I'm struggling to do that and it makes me despise my writing sometimes it makes me want to delete everything I've ever written and delete my social media presence and escape to some faraway country and change my name because one of my fears is or one of my paranoias also actually is Others, particularly people I care about, seeing me as as bad. And that means I think both as a genuinely bad person on like a moral scale. And also as a just a deficient person who is not enough in some ways and who has bad intentions or who, yeah, I guess just maybe isn't good enough, <laughs> which I don't think none of this is revolutionary. I'm sure everybody has fears surrounding that. But that's something that I've noticed uh, is kind of holding me back from my love life right now that I feel like I don't know how much of me is okay to show to people because I don't want to show all the really ugly sides and have them define me. 
Uh, and I'm just, uh, I also just, I think I need to talk things out here because I'm really tired of my own brain. I feel like I can't seem to get a hold of certain thoughts. And maybe if I could, then my love life would be working out better for me. So the place that I'm in right now is that I... I want everything (laughs) and I don't want those things at the same time Um, but I'm still in love and I really miss that person and sometimes I even feel like I very much need that person and yet at the same time I don't really know what it means to be in a relationship anymore and I have so many so many fears and what feels like blocks surrounding the idea of like committing to one person and trusting one person and you know like uh, leaning into things again and just allowing fate to to show you what happens rather than knowing and I don't know why these things are so paralyzing to me right now like I feel like I can't go back and I can't go forward and I'm just in this uh, like swamp of terror and also like cynicism and maybe on one hand it's great because um, it's good to be jaded to the slightest degree because it teaches you to be more careful and maybe make decisions that in the long term are going to be better for you but at the same time I, I don't want to hold back in my life and I don't want to be scared of getting hurt and I feel like I've always prided myself on the idea that I'm not and that I'm you know like of bold and confident young women who is a masochist, if anything, and like all these things. And the truth is, man, I'm not. I am just so full of doubts when it comes to love and when it comes to what I'm going to do with my life and when it comes to who I am and who, well, I guess I want to be. I know who I want to be. But the doubts come in, like, whether I can really get to that person. And who do I want to be? I want to be somebody kind and giving, who takes care of people. I want to be someone strong and powerful. And I want to be smart. I want other people to think that I'm thoughtful and intelligent and I want to be someone extraordinary, I guess. I want to be someone lovable, someone desirable. I want to be someone who does something meaningful and important. I want to be someone goofy and strange and bizarre and yet also taken seriously. And I don't know, I feel like 
I don't feel like all those things right now. And I feel like sometimes I try to be certain things and I feel like they contradict other things. And especially in my love life, I don't know who I am because I, I am scared of even allowing myself to be everything that I want to try to be. <laughs> Probably from a deep-seated fear of rejection. And I don't know how to go about solving that right now. And I know a lot of people always tell me, like, I don't need to be doing, like, well, why am I so preoccupied with love? Like, I, there are so many other things in my life. My life is so full and I feel it. And I'm so grateful for it. And yet there's this one area that feels like it defines everything. Where, like, when it's going well, I'm the happiest person to have ever lived and when things are going poorly in that area I can't even get out of bed and face the outside world and I'm like why do I put so much on it I don't know and I feel like I've been going on dates forever probably not forever if we're being specific I've been going on dates since last since September and it's hard <laughs> and it's really hard I feel like I've, I've I've been on so many and that I have been on some that have been not great at all and I've been on some that actually I've met these really interesting like kind thoughtful guys and yet it's also <sighs> How am I supposed to move forward when I'm so when I have one foot in the past when I don't really want to let go of the love that I've known because this is the only one I know and it's was really freaking awesome and and I don't know if, if I can do that fully and if I can't do it fully I can't do it at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I think we're coming to an end of what there is to say today. These episodes will likely be around more or less half an hour. And to end things, I want to, first of all, read out a journal entry because I thought maybe maybe if I want to sh make a show about intimacy, I should be prepared to share my most intimate musings. Though... Of course, if I'm journaling with the knowledge that I will be later broadcasting them, how intimate is that really? Aha, uh -huh. you've been caught red-handed, Daria. But I actually don't journal, really, mostly because when I look back on the things that I spilled out, bled all over the page, I think that I am likely the most ridiculous, out of proportion, pretentious, and self-involved person there is and maybe I am maybe that's the right conclusion to take away but I was recently talking to somebody who actually informed me that their boss passed on one of their most significant pieces of advice they could give someone and that advice was to make time to journal every day so alas here I am trying once again 
to keep a running streak and I haven't been doing a good job at all because the last time that I journaled was on Monday, March 7th and it is now March 17th, 18th and that is not a daily journal if I've heard of one but this was a day a few weeks ago I, I remember actually went to the toddler center at Barnard College which is pretty much this educational group slash daycare slash kindergarten for small little human toddlers and it's used as a research center for developmental psychologists of course and also this amazing resource for us students at Barnard to make actual observations of the toddlers that we are learning about in class and so we have this room where the toddlers have their playtime, their snack time, I guess perhaps classes for older age groups. And it's a very exciting room because it's one of those um, chambers of secrets where the toddlers can only see mirrors, but we can see them through the mirrors. And it's very creepy, I guess, but also really fantastic and makes you feel like you are Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. But yeah, it, it was a very ordinary day, but I remember I had gone in and I thought, okay, actually now I have a few minutes to journal, so let's, let's give it our best shot. And here is what I wrote. Monday, March 7th. I envy the toddlers, the contentment of being together in another's company and holding so few expectations for what's meant to be done and said for how you're meant to make each other feel. They eat rice cakes together, they stack blocks side by side, they watch the fish in the tank together. If I could sit and eat plain rice cakes with the person that I still love and not say or think anything at all, I think that would make me happy. I worry I've gotten in the way of a lot of joy I could have felt though it brings more peace of mind believing that I was doing the best I could at the time. The toddlers play in the room into which we can see and look at them, but they only see mirrors. I think that is part of my problem. I think there are more eyes on me in my relationships than there are. I must think they are watching me, already ready to find fault, so I brace myself, but the only person watching me when I look up is me. I don't think that's to say that I'm making things up, though. I think there is good reason to watch myself carefully because being careful and thoughtful and well-prepared are all good things. There are eyes behind mirrors for many women I know, and that is why many of the women I know are more thoughtful than the men I know. There's a girl named Layla here, and that's a name I've already chosen for a daughter I don't have. I think one of my favorite parts of being in love is finding somebody you privately fantasize about filling your belly up Well, it's not the right time to do that. I grew up believing good men are the ones with lots of daughters. The men I know don't have daughters to help me weed out the good ones from the bad ones, but if I stay latching on to all good, all bad, all this, all that, I likely never let go of the love I hold on to, nor find another, nor have my belly filled with fingernails and vertebrae and letters for the name Layla. Layla by the name is spelled with L-E-I-L-A, and that is one of the names that I hope to name a future daughter that I may or may not have. Yeah, so last but not least, I also want to share a few songs that are 
getting me through these dark times. And my music taste is all over the place. It has always been. I am a grand old fan of pop and rock and country and early 2000s and indie alternative and whatever else you could throw at me, but I'm not going to pretend to be better than I am and will confess that I love pop music. I love it and I will always love it, especially anything that is that is both sad and makes you want to swing those hips a little too. So song number one is, of course, I Drink Wine by Adele. And it's a song that is almost a kind of musical Xanax for me. I've never had Xanax, but I assume it has incredibly calming, immediate effects. And this song does exactly that for me and makes me feel like everything will really turn out all right, or that maybe it's already all right. And perhaps that is the effect that Adele seems to have universally. And then another song is Million Reasons by Lady Gaga, because I love Lady Gaga, and I will always love Lady Gaga. And it's true. I have a million bajillion reasons to walk away. This song should be called Bajillion Reasons. And I only need one to stay. And yet, no one's giving me that reason to stay either, so I don't have a choice. And last and not least, I'm going to be... This is probably the most intimate thing I've said all session. But here I go. I'm going to bear who I've become. And who I've become is the person who has been listening to Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo all the time. It's probably one of my most listened to songs these days. And I used to loathe her music, or at least I couldn't really see what was so adored about it by so many people. And then one day it just struck me. I heard it and I thought in a diner, I was sitting there very sad eating and I heard it on the radio and I thought, oh my gosh, yes, that is exactly it. Because I really hope you get deja vu when you're with her. <laughs> uh, I'm insane. And I think like out of all the things that I've been getting stuck on, like the thought that definitely keeps reoccurring is just that I wish I had met this person when I was older and when I wasn't. Uh, just so... <laughs> unfortunately positioned to deal with everything that was thrown at me because you know even now I could do a better job and I know in like a few years I would do an even better job and alas I met the this person at the time that I had met him and I mean that's the way life flings things at us and if you're a spiritual person perhaps you believe that there's lots of sense to that too and like that maybe I, we would never have even gotten together except at this particular point in our lives but it's just really hard to shake regrets I have so many regrets about a lot of things but particularly the ways that I'd handled things even though I know that I did the best that I could have at the time so I'm trying to be nice to me too because you know I'm a sensitive girl and oh the last thing I need is for me to be my own worst enemy I guess I just wish I was gentler in the times that I wasn't, and that I wasn't as angry in the moments that I had been. 
but I guess all I can do is like take that forward with me. And on that note, we're going to wrap up the first episode of Intimacies by Daria. By Daria. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. 